0: Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we are always striving to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. Today is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice. And we are rejoicing that you have come across this message. We believe that it's no accident that you're listening today, but rather a divine appointment. We hope and desire that God will speak to you through this message, and that it will help you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message which is already in session.
1: Second Peter chapter 1 verse through verse 11, I'm going to just start actually at verse 2, grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So grace and peace abundance is in abundance through the knowledge or understanding or the growth of who God is because of Christ Jesus. Verse 3, his divine power has given us, say given us, everything we need for life and godliness. Now I want to stop there for just a moment and understand he's given you all the things you need. He's given you all the ingredients. And just like a baby, the baby when it's born, it's given all the ingredients, but the baby must grow. If anything that's going to, to be alive will grow. Do you hear me? And so we could, we could equate growth with life. If there's no growth, typically that would mean in even nature, there's no growth, there's no life happening. Do you understand? And so we want to, we want to be alive in Christ. Come on. We want to grow in him. Okay, so I'm going to keep reading. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and God through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Verse 4, through these he has given us his very great precious promises so that through them you may, say you may, participate in the divine nature. It's an awesome promise. We get to participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. Now, I'm going to just stop for a minute. with The it, the, 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 word for the, Lord, uh, the word for the Lord for Word of Life Family Church, God said this. He says, lift up your eyes. Uh, elevate. We're going to elevate. And so this is what this is saying. It's saying that, that we may participate in this divine nature in escaping or overcoming over the corruption of the world, rising up out of the corruption of the world. It's important we understand that God wants us to rise up as a believer. We don't have to walk through the 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 junk, though we'll face these issues. It doesn't have to harm us. Come on, someone give me an amen. How many know that when when in order for a tree to grow strong, roots have to grow deep, right? If you don't, if a tree as it continues to grow, if the roots don't grow deeper and grow in that, then it will not be a tree any longer. It'll be a tumbleweed. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to the desert, but I will tell you, I have firsthand knowledge to tell you that there are tumbleweeds and there are also tumble trees. I was driving, Michelle and I were driving, we're, we're, we're photogra- we were doing a photography event in Tucson, Arizona, we were in Phoenix, and we're driving along, it was kind of windy, we're driving down the highway, and there's tumbleweeds, you know, flying around, and all of a sudden, I said, what is that, we're driving, and I have this, this RV, not RV, uh, U-Haul, like rider truck, moving truck, because we have several photographers going to this event, big event, and we have backgrounds, we have photography equipment, we have, you name it, props, all this. And so we're loaded up in this this thing, and we're going to town, and we're driving down the road, and lo and behold, here comes this tumble tree. Uh, the thing came across, it was like, and it's going right across the highway we're like, what in the world is happening? And here it is, it comes across, and I'm like, you know, we're trying to make sure we don't hit it because let me tell you something Any time there's a tumbleweed it usually it gathers things as it tumbles and it picks up rocks and stones and different things Well, this thing was big enough. It could pick up cars and that kind of thing. I mean it was destruction coming on So what am I saying? I didn't want to hit that thing Because it would have brought it could bring destruction See a tumbleweed can it seems harmless, but it there's something within it that can really damage your vehicle And so what am I saying? I'm saying if we don't continue to grow, we become that tumble. It could be detrimental to our lives, to others' lives. God has called us and equipped us, not so we can be like, hey, I'm awesome. He's called and equipped us so that we might be a, a witness, that we might be connectors, that we might point someone else to him. So life and death depend on our growth patterns. Can I get an amen? It's important. Say it's important. I need to grow. All right. So it says here in divine nature, escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. First five. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. We said last week the first four that we we, we start we we start with the first four. This is kind of the blueprint God has given us. There are several scriptures, but we're concentrating on First or Second Peter chapter one verses uh, five through eleven. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith. Faith, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the thing that's based. Everything is based on the faith. What faith? Faith in Christ alone. Our bedrock of any growth. Any opportunity for anything that God has only comes in Christ. We're not able to do it. We're not able to be great enough, good enough. We're not strong enough, any of those things, until we receive Christ. Then in Christ, we are a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. The new has come. And it says, go on to say, now we become more than conquerors in Christ. So that's the bedrock. That's faith. Faith says, now I'm going to add to faith. I'm going to add to the faith goodness. Goodness is can also be translated in, many, in the many scriptures translated as virtue. That would be your character. So not only are we going to have in faith, but now we're going to grow in our character. What character? The character of God. Amen? Okay, so then it goes on to say goodness, uh, 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 to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge. This is knowledge. Knowledge is, in this scripture, what this knowledge means, doesn't mean doesn't mean I'm going to get book smart. It means I'm going to have an intimate understanding of who God is. I'm going to build and I'm going to dig and I'm going to go after God in a way that I might know that I know that I know Him, that I might know Him so well that when I'm faced with an issue, challenge, or hardship, I know that God is on my side. He is for me and not against me. Do you hear me? And so understand that we need to grow in that because the enemy will come and still kill, and destroy He'll lie to us and try to tell us that, oh, this is this is this, and this is because of this. No, 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 no. God wants us to grow. He wants us to flourish. He calls us great and mighty in Him, and so we need to know Him. We need to grow in His knowledge. It's an intimate knowledge. Now, all of you know my wife, but you don't know your, my wife like I know my wife because we live together. We're, we, 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 we. Together, we love each other, we talk to each other, we spend time with each other. I know her because, I know her intimately because we spend the time with each other. And in that same way, God is saying, I need you to spend time with me, to become intimate with me. He so desires to become intimate with his kids. He loves it when his kids come to him. How many love it when you walked in the door and the kids, daddy, mommy, auntie, grandma, yeah. And you're like, oh, what do you want? Get out your wallet. <laughs> Take it. Whatever you need. Oh, we, just, we, just, we just love it. Now imagine, this is a very carnal way, but a beautiful picture of how God would respond. Just loves it. He created us to thrive and have relationship with him. He didn't create us just to be robots and just walk around and say, oh, I think it would be fun if I just watched him. No, he wants to have relationship with us. And so we can understand that. We can see that we need to grow in knowledge of that thing. And the last thing that it says, it says grow in your knowledge, uh, uh, and to your knowledge, self-control. Self-control means getting out of the pattern of the world. Now, the only way we can get out of the pattern of the world is if we get to know God. And God lift us up. Remember we said already, He already told us in before in this verse, we can escape the corruption. How? By self control. He can lift us out of that by being in self control. Now He's gifted you. He says all of these things are already you, that all these precious promises have already been given to you, but we gotta exercise in them. The gift of whatever gift you would get is only as good as you would use the gift for. So if I have a, if someone gives me a, a new car or a new house, and I'm like, wow, thanks a lot, and I just let it sit there and I never turn it on, I never enjoy it, what good does it do me? There's no, there's no value in it any longer because I'm not using it. And so God has given us this awesome thing. He's equipped us so that we can have self-control, and in that self-control, we, we get this awesome opportunity. Now, are you ready? Say, I'm ready. All right, now before we go, I want you to see rewards really quick. Because sometimes this is kind of boring like, oh, I got to grow. It's hard. So, I'm going to give you some rewards. This is God rewards and promises that we can look at, okay? First Peter chapter 2 uh, Peter chapter 1 verse 8 says, "For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, he says, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this should appeal to us because none of us want to be unproductive. None of us want to be ineffective. We all desire to do something, to be important in some way, in some fashion or form. You're like, oh, no, not me. No, hogwash. We all want that. We all desire that thing. Why do I know that? Because we encourage our kids to do something great. Grow up and, and, to, do, and to do what you... We, we tell them, we want them to, to accomplish. We want them, I used to tell my boys, don't forget to win. I'm going to say, you have to do everything perfect. But do your darndest. Do your best. Be productive. Be effective in what you do. So we all have this desire, and God promises that if we will grow in our, in our maturity, we will guarantee, he guarantees that we will be effective and productive. Talk about legacy. We all want legacy. What a way. God guarantees legacy. It's through him. It's through growing in him. Can I get an amen? All right, there's another promise. Second Peter chapter 10 and 11. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling an election sure for you do for if you do these things you will never fall okay now we're, so maybe you're like oh i don't want to be pro- uh, yeah productive that's great all that good but fall we understand fall says we never fall and you'll be rich and welcome in the eternal kingdom of heaven and so this is the promise the promise is that he will watch us and he will grow in us but you know what's cool he will provide for us he is that so these are the benefits he's going to be effective and productive we won't stumble we won't fall he's going to uh, uh, uh will continue to the assurance that when the enemy tries to tell you and lie to you and say oh you're not really you know i remember i saw what you did the other day you're not really a christian you're not going to go to heaven you're not going to you know how the devil does. Lies and junk like that. Well, see, this is the promise. He says, when you grow in your measure and your understanding and your self-control and 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 all of these things, then you know that you know. And the devil, when he says it, you're like, Pfft. talk to the hand, devil. Do you understand what I mean? Talk to the hand because the face not home. Oh, sorry. I don't know what happened there. All right. Help me. Where am I? Okay, here we go. So we talked about the first four. So now we're ready to move on to the next one. So self-control to self-control. Perseverance. This is one we all love. Perseverance. Yay! Perseverance. Perseverance is awesome. It's an opportunity. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. so, So Paul has just talked about all of these mighty, great, awesome people of faith. And he says, now that we're, we're, we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so entangles us. In other words, let's take the magnifying glass, all the challenges, issues, and, ch- and let's remind ourselves who God is. And let us throw off and run the race with perseverance, the race that's already been marked out for us. God has already laid it out. He says now this and this he says let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us let us fix our eyes on Jesus the author and perfecter of our faith. So perseverance is keeping our eyes on Jesus. Perseverance isn't personal strength like oh I'm going to try harder. No, it's keeping our f- persevering keeping our focus who is God? Who is he? Who is he? Do you see how they build on each other? If I don't know who he is, how can I stay focused on him? If I don't know he's good, how can I call upon his name when things are going awry if I don't know that he is a good God that loves and wants to care for his kids? You see how it works together? How how self-control will cause us to not allow the enemy to lie and bring this kind of stuff? Perseverance means endurance. It means steadfastness. God wants us to be an endurance runner. How many like to run? There's like three people. Okay, good. I, I enjoy running. I mean, when I'm in shape, it's always more fun than when it isn't. But one thing is that I'm not good at is that, that sprint. And I think in life we try to do this sprint kind of thing. Like, we'll be running. Yeah, I'm going with God. I'm going with God. Hold on we rest and it's in those times when we like rest. I'm going to sit back and relax and I'm going to rest and like oh hey what's that thing oh, oh. We, get, we get ourselves off track see God doesn't want us to be ah microwave I'm going to run well God wants us to be steady because I want you to be a marathon runner I want you to be steady so that as you're going you're going up you're going down. We're able to stay strong, persevere, endure, because what's what is it? The the uh, uh, what's the rabbit and the hare? Maybe that's the same thing, isn't it? The turtle and the hare. The rabbit and the hare. Anyway, throw that one away. All right, perseverance. Let's just go on because it's time to close number the sixth one. Thank you for loving me anyway. All right. Building block number six. Here's the next one. And to self-control, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. Godliness. The next building block is the simplest explanation of godliness is being godlike. Now, but when you say, well, how in the world are we going to do that? How can we do that? First, Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse one says, "Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves with everything that contaminates; pure ourselves from everything that has contaminates the body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God." So at this stage, we're, we should be—we're we're pursuing holiness. First Peter chapter one, 15 says, "Now stick with me." Says this because this is where we get like, "Oh, holy!" Ah, oh, he didn't say be perfect. He says work on being holy. He says this. He says. But just as he who called you is holy, be holy in you, all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. And so if he's telling you, I am holy, so be holy, he's telling you that he's equipped you to live a holy life. We can be godly in godliness. And we need to remember this thing. How many remember those bracelets, those WWJD bracelets? Yeah, I had like 14 of those things. I love those things. And then I wore them too long, and they weren't a fad anymore. But they still held a real truth, a promise. That what would Jesus do? I'm going to walk as if I know that the Holy Spirit is walking with me all of the time. I heard I heard one preacher say, imagine as the Holy Spirit, it says, you know, as it descends like a dove. Imagine, I don't think it was really a, like a dove, but nevertheless, Imagine that this dove is sitting in your lap and what am I going to do it's watching it's, it's it's everything I'm not going to scare it away. I'm not going to put it in harm way I'm going to protect I'm going to live the best I can now. I'm saying let me say this again. I'm not saying be perfect God doesn't expect perfection He says come on be perfected, but he also said be willing to be perfected, but it also means Be willing to do what it takes to be perfected In other words, I could say oh i'm not perfect I'm willing to be perfected. Come on. I'm willing to be a doctor. Come on. Download it. it doesn't work that way. If I want to be a doctor, I need to study. I need to grow in that knowledge and understanding. I need to do something. Now, God has equipped me with a brain to receive it. Well, I don't know me, but never, really, never. Really. Okay. But you understand what I mean? He's equipped us with these things, but he expects us to use that kind of thing. So what would Jesus do? I know some of you would agree that you have a certain expectation for me to live as a pastor. I know that because I get emails occasionally. I know that because I hear stories of uh, ideas of people. And we all have this idea, and I agree that we should live at a higher standard, but do you not know that we've all been called kings and priests. Did you know that we all have been called kings and priests? That God has said about you, you are, you are a royal nation, a holy priesthood, a chosen people. So he's called all of us, say all of us, to be holy. That we can live holy lives. Why? Not so we can look great. But so that we might, so that might see, taste and see that the Lord is good. So when you're faced an issue and challenge, and, and you you're able to say, God, I call on you, and you're able to keep joy even in a joyless time. Where and I'm not saying happy, I'm saying you're keeping your joy even when it's really hard pressed. That speaks miles. To God. I need that. Someone's going to see that. I need that. When you live a holy life, God, the people are going to say, I need something like that. And so God has given you the opportunity to do that very thing. Amen. Say I'm going to live holy. Cuz God has equipped me to do that. All right. I had 3 people. Thank you. I know this is a hard word, but it's so good. It's so good to know that you can you can walk in Christ and you can come into his presence without shame. We can come boldly to the throne room. He says you can but the enemy lies to us. And so why would we put ourselves in a position where we stifle ourselves from going to the Father when he says, come on. See, God doesn't stop us. We stop us by our guilt and shame. And God will take care of that. He says, like Pastor Jerry said, your mercies are new every morning, but let's not live with manna from heaven all the time. Let's begin to produce and live and work the promised land as God has called us to do. Amen? Does that make sense? To live in that promise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, number seven. The number seven. The last, not the last, but the next one. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness, this is a Greek word. is Philadelphia. I know where that is. That's why it's called the 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 place of brotherly love. It's Philadelphia. It means brotherly love and friendship. Philippians chapter 2 explains this well. Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit and purpose. Do nothing. Say, do nothing. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. So, at this level, believer, this, this type of maturity highly values godly relationships. We value this truth, we value this like mindedness. Now, I'll just tell you a story. I, I, in, in Phoenix, I worked at a, co- a, a company that was not, uh, by any stretch of the imagination, holy. Some of you have worked in a place like that before. And I knew that I could not, uh, I couldn't even, even I was a youth leader, I was an associate pastor, and I knew that I could not, I needed partnership with someone to help keep me accountable, help me to, to encourage and be encouraged. I understood that I needed, I couldn't be a lone wolf. You don't be a lone wolf. Find a, a brother brotherhood, kindness and someone that you can say, Daryl Deaton, he was the one for me. We would go together, we would we would get we would get up early and we would go to breakfast and have Bible study, we'd do these things because we preparing ourselves. It was a brotherly kindness and he would Hey, how you doing? Oh man, poor nah yeah, blah blah okay. You know, we would talk it over and we'd work and we'd build each other up. We were like minded. Now he wasn't necessarily the same from the same church, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like-mindedness. God is on the throne. Jesus is our Savior. We can receive and accept him. And it, it, in him, there's life and life abundant. Amen? And so understand that you can function in that way. So a mature Christian or a mature believer realizes that we need friendship. We need this kind of thing. And we need to be a friend, brotherly Kindness. Come on, right? Okay, and the other, the, so value, we value covenant uh, relationships. We seek to serve others. We'll, uh, see, this this truth, brotherly kindness means that we're willing to serve, give towards others. Serve, uh, you know, how many know that the church is kind of a, a training ground? And it would be, what we could say is that you don't come to church to be served, but to be served, or to serve. Does that make sense? No, Okay. Understand it, and mature, you're like, okay, you walk in. If you walk in, I know none of you do this. But you walk in and say, all right, pastor, give me something good. You better feed me some good stuff or else, boy, I don't know. No, it doesn't work that way. Now, I hope that I give you something good. I hope I, I'm, I'm able to, to send something, a nugget. But the truth of the matter is, we don't come for that. We come to serve and to celebrate that God is king and Lord. Amen? To have brotherly kindness. And so He's going to speak to us. Anytime we love each other and unify with each other, that, you know, that's when the, and during Pentecost, that's when the Holy Spirit came, when people were united together. That was when the power came. Come on. Amen, and so this is part of brotherly kindness. We need each other. We want to seek to serve others, and we place priority on unity. Uh, where's that next uh, that next slide? Here's brotherly kindness. Next slide. Oh, it's not on there. How many of you have Facebook? Have you seen the 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 picture of the all of like? I don't know how many Amish guys carry in this big barn. Hey, there it he is. Yay. Brotherly kindness. Places prior to upon unity. Yeah? What a pr- cool picture. God bless them. Okay, thank you. All right, next one. Here we go. We're, we're ready to be done. Building block number eight. The last one in our in our blueprint here that God gives us. To godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, come on, love. Love here is the Greek word agape. Agape is that love, a God kind of love, a kind of love that only God has. It's God. He says, love. He says, I love you so much that I gave you my son. A love like in John chapter fifteen says, "My command is this: Love each other as I've loved you. Greater has no man than this, that He lay down His life for His friends." So you're probably thinking, "Does that mean I have to die?" No. But He's praying. He's saying, "He's saying, I'm, 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 I'm all about. I'm gonna, I'm gonna press in towards those that are in the faith or not in the faith. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give everything because God gave me everything to increase in that love." Pastor Sellers is a great uh, a great example of just love. He hasn't been perfect. Things haven't gone great all the time in his life. But he has managed to find a way to love people, love challenges and issues that come up. He's like, man, I, I just, you ask him, oh, how was your life? Oh, I had a good life. I happen to know he's got a lot of stuff that wasn't good. But he can't remember because the love he has grown, he has deepened his relationship, he has matured in Christ enough to understand love, and he begin to see people as love, you begin to see how Christ sees us, loves us. We need to love, Amen. We need to grow in that agape kind of love. And the cool thing is that God has equipped us to be able to do that. I know this because this this is just here's another human example. I know it seems difficult, but here we go. So when I had my first, when I had uh, like I had my first son, I didn't actually have him. My wife did that part. But uh, when we had our first son, Spencer, man, I was, talk about love. Ooh, a goo goo you know. And then I was like, well, we have another, and how am I going to love the next one as much as this one? I don't know how that's going to work, but it does. And you're like, whoa, man, Hunter, you know, you're just like oh, just. You love it. And then, the, then another one comes and you're like, how can I have all of this love? God can grow. God's love is amazing. Don't worry about giving love. Don't worry about growing in love. Don't worry to say, I'm not going to have enough. No, God's going to take care of it. He's going to increase it in, me- in, in great measure. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to close here. We're growing in our faith. We want to grow in our faith. We want to grow into the mature believer that God has called us to do. We'll take great, not only will we take great, great pride in it, but we'll have resolution. We'll we'll be thankful. We'll be like, oh, thank you, God. But let me tell you this. Never, I don't know how long you've been a Christian. I don't know how long you've been a believer. I don't know how long. But never decide that, all right, I've grown enough. Never. Never. Always seek God first. Always dig deeper. Always strengthen in your relationship with the Father. So this message is for everyone. I don't know where you are in your walk with Christ. I don't know if you're the mature baby or any of that. It's not my business. My business is I would tell you the truth that God has a plan. It's good, and it's perfect, and he wants to grow. And in that growth, there'll be great There'll be great responsibilities, but there'll be great, awesome opportunities. There'll be things that you'll get to do and see and, and, and uh, be a part of. And life will look...
0: This has been a message from Word of Life Family Church. Thank you for listening. If you are ever in the Phillips, Wisconsin area, please come join us for one of our services. We're located at 104 Fairway Drive, Phillips, Wisconsin, 54555. Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m. and Bible study on Wednesday is at 6.30 p.m. each week. For more information on our church or pastors, visit us on the World Wide Web at www.wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715 715- Again, we want to thank you for being with us today. May God bless you and keep you in Jesus' mighty name.